Welcome to the Political Goat. I'm your host, Uncle Felix, and we got a good show for you in store today, and we're going to get right into it. Um, one of the first things I wanted to talk about is, which, you know, it's a question everybody's asking, and that question is, what's going to be Donald Trump's role going forward in the GOP? Um, I mean, everybody's talking about it. Everybody's wondering, will he run in 2024? Is he going to play the role of a kingmaker? Um, I think that's all going to be, that's all yet to be determined. Um, he will be speaking at the CPAC uh, this weekend, actually, uh, on February 28th. Um, and what he's doing, I, I think he's trying to secure his role as the head of the uh, Republican Party. Um, he is going to meet a lot of uh, resistance on that from the establishment, you know, from the Mitch Connells of the world, the Mitt Romneys of the world, you know, the, these are the same clowns who who opposed Ronald Reagan because they thought he was too conservative. Um, you know, it, it wasn't just the Democrats who who opposed Donald Trump. It was also the establishment, you know, Republicans and obviously the establishment Democrats. Why? Because he's a he was a true outsider. Um, you know, uh, the media hated him because they didn't want him. You know, he made them look silly. You know, they had already had anointed um, Hillary Clinton as the next president. You know, so they never got over the fact that they weren't able to pick the president as they were in the past. Um, and he called them out for it, of course, you know, which is why they had that, that hate hate <laughs> relationship between the media um, and, and Trump. Um but if this party, if the if the GOP is going to succeed in the future, they need uh, a Donald Trump um, either at the either in the presidency or you know playing the role of the kingmaker because um, his policies worked. And if anything, he he's expanded the tent of the GOP. Um, I know recent polls um, had showed. Um, one that obviously he picked up about 10 million more votes than he did the first time. You know, that's never been done uh, by a sitting president uh, before. Uh, he's also expanded the party with minorities. Um, I believe um, he picked up four more percent in the black uh, vote in the black community. He also picked up, uh, I think, a lot more than that in the Hispanic vote. Um, so, you know, he has the GOP trending in the right direction. So there's no way they should, you know, the Democrats would love for us to forget about him and um, and move on from him because they know he's a recipe for success. And they don't want, you know, which is why they this whole impeachment thing they were trying to do, you know, they didn't want they didn't want him to be eligible to even run in 2024. And mark my words, they're going to harass this guy. You know, they harassed him for all four years that he was in sitting in the in the Oval Office. They're going to harass him for the next four years. Or, you know, until they feel that he's no longer a threat. You know, there's already, you know, some insane uh, 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 cases that are going to be coming up against him in New York. Um, and they're going to keep coming after him and coming after him until they feel he's no longer a threat. Uh, but Trump's a fighter. You know, hopefully he'll prevail and hopefully he'll lead the, uh, the GOP going forward. But, you know, the sad thing about it is he's, again, he's going to meet resistance on both sides, not only the Democrats, but he's going to be in res resistance from the establishment Republicans, again, the Mitt Romneys and the Mitch McConnells of the world. Um, so it's going to be interesting, <laughs> uh, to say the least, um, because there's going to come to a point in time where they're all going to have to unify uh, before 2024. So that should be very interesting. And 
you know, we'll see how that plays out. Um, speaking of uh, presidential candidates in 2024, <laughs> uh, The Rock is uh, teasing a run <laughs> in 2024, and he's got the backing of a fellow, fellow WWE star, uh, Mark William Calloway, a.k.a. The Undertaker. Um, you know, The Undertaker's given his full endorsement of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, you know, saying he's a hard worker, he'll be able to... Um, Unite the unite the country, blah blah blah, and I'll be totally honest with you. Any schmuck who who uh, endorsed Joe Biden, I don't, you know, <laughs> I could care less about. Um, I'm not interested in The Rock um, running for president again because if you're endorsing uh, Joe Biden, you're endorsing all the wrong things. You're endorsing everything that is wrong with Washington. I mean. I mean just in this first month alone um, in office, I think he's wreaked havoc on the Constitution. You know, he's wreaked havoc on on our uh, on jobs. You, you know what I mean? He's not creating them. He's actually writing them off with his uh, executive orders, you know, by, by the thousands. You know what I mean? So I, I don't see anything positive so far about the Biden administration. And, and, for, and for someone like The Rock to endorse um, uh, Biden, you you lost you lost my vote obviously my support and 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 frankly I could care less what you do and so you know that's a that's a no from Uncle Felix <laughs> Uncle Felix will not be endorsing uh, the Rock uh, that's for sure. Um, that being said, another thing in the news that I wanted to go over and and it was pretty big news and a pretty big deal. Um, the Supreme Court ruled uh, by one vote. Um, to hear none of the 2020 election cases um, that brought up the issues of voter fraud and illegal votes. And and that's a shame. Um, you know, I, I tend to, the, the, to focus on um, more the legislative part of what happened in the in 2020, not really the necessarily the voter fraud. Was there voter fraud? I, I clearly believe so because the, irreg the irregularity in the numbers, um, they, they can't be explained <laughs> without without speaking to, to voter fraud. You know what I mean? Um, but that being said, the, the bigger focus I always thought should have been on the legislators, uh, namely these states um, where we saw, you know, Democrat lawyers going beforehand and afterwards, you know, fighting to change the rules of the um, of the uh, of uh, the voting process, and they were successful in doing so, and that went against everything in the Constitution. You know, unfortunately, you know, our Supreme Court um, didn't do didn't didn't deliver the the correct ruling here. Um, my favorite Supreme Court justice, of course, is Clarence Thomas. Um, he's uh, he wrote a dissent um, on on this situation here, and um, and it was very sensible. It made, it made a lot of sense. Um, you know, he, he had stated that uh, both before and after the 2020 elections, uh, non-legislative officials in various states took it upon themselves to set up the rules to set up the rules. And according to our constitution, that right is strictly reserved for the state legislators, uh, which is exactly, you know, what I was just saying. And, and um, you know, that needs to be addressed. 
Clarence Thomas also pointed out how, you, you know, this is not a prescription for confidence in the future um, of the voting things. It needs to be, uh, it, this practice needs to be put to an end. We can't have uh, non-legislative officials changing rules just before an election or even after an election. Uh, I mean, clearly that was the case in Pennsylvania. That was the case in Georgia. That was the case in Wisconsin. That was the case in Michigan and even in Arizona. Um, this is what this is what happened. And, it, you know, the media doesn't tend to focus on this. They want to focus on the voter fraud. Uh, I guess it's more sexy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, it's easier to explain away. Uh, but you, what you can't explain away is the fact that the non-legislative officials change the rules of the games. And that goes against our Constitution. And once again, um, Clarence Thomas was correct here. Um, this was also, this is a little part of his dissent here, which I'm going to read to you. Um, one wonders what the court waits for. We fail to set to settle this dispute before the election and thus provide clear rules. Now we again fail to provide clear rules for future elections. The decision to leave election law hidden beneath a shroud of doubt is baffling. By doing nothing, we invite further confusion and erosion of voter confidence. Our fellow citizens deserve better and expert and expect more from us. I respectfully dissent. And he's a hundred percent correct there. Um, I don't, I, it's disappointing um, that they didn't come through with this vote. And it's what's even more disappointing is Kavanaugh and Amy Barrett. They sided with the liberals on this. And the only thing I can come up with is that they're cowards. You know what I mean? Um, they don't want to get the backlash from the media that they're going that they would receive. Because if you notice, the media they kill everything. They kill everything. Uh, as soon as you mention voter fraud, they want to cancel you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Look what they did to the pillow guy. You know, <laughs> you can't even raise a question about it, or they're trying to destroy you. You know, when I say they, that's the you know the liberal media, the liberalist Hollywood. All, you know, all that. They're just trying to cancel you if you have anything to say, you know, anything about the 2020 election. God forbid you say, you know, voter fraud. You know, they, they don't want to hear it. The only voter fraud that occurred, you know, according to liberals was back in 2016. You know, I mean, 2020 was ran perfectly according to them. And obviously, you know, that's that's clearly not the case. Um, but anyway, <laughs> we'll see what happens in that case. I, I was happy to hear that Rand Paul is um, his focus will be uh, on correcting uh, those issues uh, state by state. Um, I haven't heard much about it since he announced that probably a couple of months, about a month or so ago. Um, you know, hopefully that's going to gain some traction soon. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the idiot <laughs> that, that sits there at, at 1600 Pennsylvania Ave. He put out a tweet today that was so irresponsible um yeah i'm actually going to put it up for you and and here here's that tweet um a black man should be able to go for a jog without fearing for his life today we remember ahmaud aubrey's life and we dedicate ourselves to making this country safer for people of color um for those of you that don't know the aubrey case hasn't gone to trial there's actually questions on is if 
if he was even out for a jog when it occurred. You know, the speculation that he was actually trying to uh, rob uh, one of the houses that were being built in the area. And, you know, and, and um, I guess he got caught and he ran off. And, you know, but, but the bottom line is it hasn't been resolved. And for him to come out and, and you know, put out tweets like that, already placing the blame, um, you know, when we don't have all the facts, it's very irresponsible. And all it is is him stoking the flames of racism. You know, here's a guy, uh, here's a president who's always saying, you know, he's going to unify people and this and that, but he, he can't stop calling people racist. You know what I mean? And and that's not that's not by accident. That's by design. Um what they're trying to do is invoke the emotions in the black community um, to get them to, you know, vote against Republicans or to support Democrats. You know, he's trying to say, hey, I understand what you're going through. This is not, but he's being very irresponsible in doing so. And, and um, it's disgusting to see. Uh, and again, it's not done by accident. Um, you know, it goes against everything we stand for, you know, due process, all that. And, and like I always say, I, I truly believe that we are the most tolerant nation in the land. You know what I mean? We're a very diverse nation. Um, racism, in all honesty, is being kept alive by um, the mainstream media and the Democrat Party. And because it serves a purpose to them. You know what I mean? When you look in your everyday life, you know, here I am, I'm a man of color, right? And I live in a neighborhood, I'm surrounded by white people. And I I don't have an issue. You know what I mean? I've, I've thrived in this community. My children have thrived in this community. Um, racism is not an issue in my everyday life. And it's not an everyday issue in 99% of the people's everyday lives. But if you sit there and you listen to the liberal media, you would think, you know, people of color are being lynched on a daily basis. And, and that's just not the case. It's just not the case. And it's it's sad and quite frankly disgusting um, when you see, you know, people like Joe Biden stoke the, um, the flames of racism. And, you know, and they're doing it obviously uh, t- for their benefit, but to the detriment of the American people. With that being said, we're going to take a quick break. When I come back, We're going to take a dive into the sports world. We're going to focus on my Pittsburgh Steelers offseason here. (laughs) Let's see what they're up to. And we're back. Uh, but before I get into my Pittsburgh Steelers, um, I do want to take a moment uh, to address the news from earlier today. Tiger Woods was involved in an accident. Um, by the looks of it, it looked like a pretty serious accident there. Um, I know there was conflicting information on whether the draws of life's, the life was be, was uh, used or not. Um, not sure. 
Uh, but, it, you know, according to the reports, it was a one car accident. Um, again, that happened earlier today. The car went off the road. How it went off the road is still unknown. Um, as you can see, the damages look very extensive. Um, and according to reports, there was uh, damage or injuries to his leg, both of his legs. And at the last report I heard, he was in surgery um, uh, regarding both of those legs. Um, hopefully everything goes well. Um, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to the family during these tough times. You know, wish wish him the best. I mean, I know he, he literally just got over a back surgery. He had a couple of back surgeries actually recently, and he was just getting over that. And now this. Um, the good thing I did see or I did hear is that the sheriff came out and said that there's no there's no evidence of any impairment. Because uh, I know people were wondering that. Was he popping pills? Was he drinking? You know, what was going on? Um, not that that makes the injuries any less, uh, but it's, you know, one less headache he's going to have to worry about, um, you know, if that's the case, that he was not impaired during this accident. Uh, but again, you know, thoughts and prayers to Tiger Woods and his family, speedy recovery. Um, you know, it, it's the man is great at what he does, and it'd be a shame to see it cut off uh, early. You know what I mean? Um Nobody wants to see his career end end that way. Well, you know, we'd like to see him end on his on his own terms. But um, with that being said, let's move on to my Pittsburgh Steelers, who <laughs> who have a very up a big upward climb uh, ahead of them as far as uh, um, salary cap goes. Uh, I mean, I think they're close to about thirty million dollars over the cap um, today. They got a little closer to fixing that. My man Cam Hayward, he um, reconstructed his contract, and uh, by doing so, the Steelers will save seven million dollars on the cap. Um, the but the biggest number everybody's concerned about is my man Big Ben. Now he's got a huge contract; he's got some big money owed to him. Um, he did say, however, um, that you know to him it doesn't matter what his salary is going to be in twenty twenty one. Or 2020, um, so we'll see how that gets handled. Uh, he did go and have a sit-down meeting with the organization today, um, and after that, we are told that the meeting went very well. And so, and the next thing I, uh, the other thing I did read is that he's. Um, it was also put out that he will be the quarterback next year, so he's coming back. So if he's coming back, that means he's reconstructed his con his contract as well. Um, what the specifics are are unknown. I'm sure that will be made known be made known shortly. Um, but we'll see. I mean, Steel's got a lot of decisions to make. You know, namely with uh, Juju um, Schuster. There, are they going to keep him? Can can they keep can they keep him? Is the big question. You know what I mean? So we'll see what happens there because I love Big Ben. Um, I think he deserves to go out on his own terms. But at the same time. Steelers have a lot of young talent there, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, do they let those go just to give Ben one more year? Or maybe they'll find a way. Maybe maybe they'll get a very imaginative accounting accountant who can uh, fudge the numbers and, and, you know, and, 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 you know, get them all to work out for the 2020 season. We, we shall see, that's for sure. Inquiring minds want to know, and I will stay tuned on that. But, um, you know, my fingers are crossed for my Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, well, folks, thanks for joining me today. Um, 
it's been another crazy week in politics, and I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. Uh, you know, and I'll, I'll I'll be here every week to update you on the goings ons of that. Um, but before I leave you, I do want to acknowledge um, the passing of um, the one and only. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. He passed away uh, last week from cancer. Um, and one of the things that he he always said uh, was uh, that always made me laugh was how his talent was on loan from God. <laughs> and Rush Limbaugh was was a true talent. He made it look easy. Um, and I enjoyed listening to him every day. Um, and when you listen to someone, you know, every day for, you know, over 10 years, um, you, you get, you know, you feel like a sense like you know them almost, you know what I mean? Uh, I learned a lot from him. He he always had a way of um, looking at the big picture, you know what I mean? Um, he And he did a great job of, of explaining that to his audience, um, you know, and his perspective was, it was certainly unique because there was a lot of times I was like, wow, I, I didn't think about it that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and then when, when Rush would explain it, it would just, he, he, he just made it simple. He just made it simple. And, you know, that explains his connection to millions and millions of, of people. And I know he will sorely be missed, especially in this fight for, for liberty. Um, he was basically the first guy to provide uh, almost like an alternative news outlet, if you will. You know what I mean? Like he, he's the one that, you know, let people know it was okay to, um, to, to think what you were thinking. That you didn't, you didn't have to, you know, tune into the mainstream media and and um, and be told what to think. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he, he taught me that it was okay for you to think for yourself, and and uh, you know for that. I will miss him. Um, you know, my prayers, you know, go out to to him and his family. Um, and he was truly an icon, an American icon. Um, he he won't be replaced. He can't be replaced. He, he was clearly one of a kind. Um, rest in peace, Rush Limbaugh. And with that being said, again, thanks for joining me. I will be back next week. God bless.